Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. This book, when I point, that means you go. <laughs> this book is to <laughs> this book is not good for you. Okay, I'm, let's start over. This book isn't good for you. No, is not. Okay, not. Well, okay, okay. Twelve times the charm. This book is not good for you. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. She's got it, people. We have a winner. Okay. Secret series by Pseudonymous Bosch, book three. Okay, chapter. Go ahead. No, chapter seven. A stab in the dark. Yeah, stab. Creepy. From outside Hugo's restaurant, El Castillo. Ow, that was my elbow. From the outside, Hugo's restaurant, El Castillo de la Noche, looked as look as the name suggested it would, like a castillo, a castle. But as the ca- but a castle dipped in the blue, midnight blue, the stone walls, the iron gates, even the turrets and the gargoyles, they were all painted the same dark shade. As Cass passed through the gates, her mother and Max Ernest and Yo-Yoji, they all shivered involuntarily. The sun had not yet set, but they seemed to be entering a kind of permanent twilight. In front of them, a shadowy tunnel of oak trees led them to the restaurant entrance. I hope there's at least one thing that doesn't have chocolate, said Max Ernest. I'm hungry. Too bad we don't have the the tuning fork yet, whispered Yo-Yoji. They could turn your food into whatever you want. Yeah, but I wonder, even if I could change the taste, I don't think I'd be allergic. Or do you think? Shush, whispered Cass, indicating that her mother was only a few steps ahead of them. The reminder of the tuning fork had made Cass slightly sick to her stomach. Although she'd planned on telling her friends about the little verbal sip that she had, she hadn't found the right moment. Or maybe it was that she had not yet found the courage. The restaurant's tall front doors were shut, and all of the windows were shuttered. It looked as if the restaurant might be closed. But as they stepped to the the portico of the doors, opened and Senior Hugo emerged from the dim interior. Cassandra, he said, smiling directly at her, my guest of honor. How, she wondered, did he know where she was? She hadn't uttered a word. He recognized her smell? Allow me to welcome the princess of her of her castle, he offered her arm. Cass had no more desire to take his arm than she had the, than she had the desire to be called princess, but her mother gave her a nudge, so Cass allowed the chef to escort her. The room was dark and very plain, and a candelabra sitting sitting on a small table in the center of, in the center. The flickering candles reflected the glass on the surface. 
Mismatched bouquets of color clashing flowers were spread around the room, apparently at random. But as she examined them more closely, Cass realized that the flowers were in fact very arranged. They're scent bouquets, she said next to Max Ernest. See? This one's all lemon smells. He nodded. It's stronger when you brush against it. A discreet sign listed the rules of the restaurant. Written in braille as well as printed, it was hung low enough for the wall for a person to touch. Welcome to Castillo de la Noche, the Castle of Darkness. The following items are forbidden. Lighters and matches, illuminated watches, cell phones, pocket knives, pens and pencils. Please leave all of your bags at the reception desk. Does a backpack count, Cass asked their host. Her backpack contained nearly everything forbidden, but she didn't feel secure leaving it. Everything at Hugo's restaurant, especially at Hugo's restaurant. Normally, yes, but for you, we will make an exception. Why was he being so nice to her, Cass wondered. Was it possible that he wasn't as bad as she thought? You are about to enter the world of darkness, she said to said the chef, putting, putting, oh no, I was at the wrong, wrong line. She said to the, to the chef, said the chef to the group at large, but it is our hope that you will not feel so much the loss of sight. Instead that you will feel like all of your other senses are heightened. Behind Senior Hugo, a pair of dark blue curtains opened and a pale man in a gray smock silently entered the room. Senior Hugo acknowledged the newcomer without turning around. Howard will be your waiter this evening. And your guide. Like all of us here, he is blind. He has no trouble navigating in the dark. The chef bowed. And now, if you will all excuse me, the kitchen beckons. You okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. As Cass's mother thanked him profusely, hugs appeared through a door. Oh, Hugo disappeared through the door. Madam, said the waiter, staring at a general direction in Cass's mother. If you please. The waiter instructed Cass's mother to put her right hand on his shoulder. And Cass put her right hand on her mother's shoulder. Max Ernest and Yo-Yo were supposed to follow a suit. Now, follow me. If you need to stop, say so. We don't want any collisions. The waiter led them past the velvet curtain along the hallway. For the first time, at first the hallway was so dimly lit from the outside, but there was a little to see. Only bare gray walls and thick, dark carpet. Max Ernest, the last of their party, walked uh, walked in the walked in and the curtain curtains closed behind him suddenly it was pitch black what happened it's so dark asked max Ernest. it's supposed to be Cass said just keep walking yeah but it's really dark i can't see anything not even my hand you should have practiced like me said Cass. i always spend at least one hour a week blindfolded in this case i never get stuck if i ever get stuck in a cave and my cave and my flashlight goes out this was a silent a slight exaggeration, but it was true she'd been walking around her room blindfolded a few times. If you if you would all be quiet for a moment, said the waiter calmly, I am now going to open the door to the main room. They could tell right away that they'd enter a much larger space. The air felt cooler and lighter. 
And there was more of an echo. And there was more of an echo. Sorry, I lost my spot because I kind of spaced out. Oh, other diners had already been seated and their disembodied voices came seemingly from all directions. Oops. I hope that was just a waiter. Oh, I'm not sure. I think it's fish. Ouch, you hit my nose. Don't try and seat yourselves or you may wind up on top of somebody else, the waiter warned as they reached their table. The kids snickered. The theme tonight is chocolate. He continued, sending them to their chairs one by one. Almost every dish, whether savory or sweet, contains at least a small amount of cacao, except for Max Ernest. You will be served an alternate menu. How did you know? So asked Max. I believe your friend mentioned it. It would go that you would go into an anaphylactic shock otherwise. The waiter said dryly, as as he no, oh, he said there was an amused bouge waiting in front of each of them after explaining what that was of course you already know he quietly parted feeling this feeling around their table our friends discerned that it was oh ascertained that it was fully set with plates utensils glasses and a few other items that were harder to identify hey Cass, can you tell me what this is is this my amouge bouge after a couple tries max Ernest managed to hand cast a small bowl she, a small bowl, she reached in, uh, little balls, they're like mushy and slimy and cold, yo Yoji laughed, it's like a haunted house, if you, if you know what you, yeah, maybe, if you know, like, when you put your hand in a bowl of olives, and they tell you they're eyeballs, <laughs> I know, Cass tentatively licked her finger, actually, it's just butter, exploring further, Cass discovered a warm object in the on a small plate a roll i think everyone gets one but she tried to butter hers but when she tried to butter hers ow you stabbed my hand complained max Ernest. ah sorry the amuses are on the plate um the amuses on your plate are right in front of us said cass's mother oh it's delicious but don't take little bites eat it all at once too late mine is dribbling all over my chin said yo yoji Max Ernest gingerly prodded his amuse-bouge with a spoon. It was soft and wet and round and jiggly and felt like a large egg yolk. Trying to be brave, he put a whole thing in his mouth and bit down. It It squirted in all directions and he was hit with a blast after blast of flavor. Like different colors of fireworks exploding one after another. First came warm, mellow taste. Could it be pancake? Then came a cooler, juicier taste. Blueberries? Yes, blueberry pancakes. At the end, his senses were doused with maple syrup. Mmm. Hey, did anybody else taste like breakfast? Asked Yoyoji. I think mine was bacon and eggs and chocolate. Funny, mine tasted like Frida with smoked salmon and caviar, said Cass's mother. I don't know. Not Not a clue. Which just happened to be your favorite breakfast, said Cass in a slightly accusatory note. Just like my favorite happened to be waffles and mint chip ice cream, which is what mine is too. Which is what mine was too. Wow. So, such a coincidence, Mel. She loved her amuse-bouge and she wanted to know. And she knew she should think it that it was sweet that her mother 
had special ordered the food, but Cass couldn't help it. She hated the thought of her mother conspiring with Senior Hugo. I wish you wouldn't call me that, her mother said. What do you mean, Mel? Why, that's your name. Before her mother could reply, the waiter arrived with the first course, soup. In a tiny, thimble-like glass, everybody sipped at the same time, but no two soups were the same. Or was that no sets of taste buds were the same? Each soup tasted like a well-known food item distilled to its every essence. Popcorn, Max Ernest said. Pop-tart, Yo-Yo-Gi. Pop-tart? Yeah. Peanut butter, Cass said. Potato chips. Yep. Oh my gosh, is this going to be like a, like um, a secret code? All, yep. All at the end. No, the first is P. The next one's going to be like, is it like Pietro? Is it spelling Pietro? Okay, let's see. As the meal continued, oh, all except Max Ernest had the barest hint of chocolate. As the meal continued, the dishes came in increasingly elaborate and increasingly difficult to, to identify. But according to the waiter, who was all, who was the only only willing to name a dish after it had been tasted, they included salad with cacao vinaigrette, scallops in dark chocolate reduction, pinto beans spiced with chipotle cocoa powder, a pork roast with an apricot chocolate glaze, and of course, chicken and malo poblano, the famous Mexican sauce from nuts, dried chilies, and a healthy portion of Mexican cacao powder. Each new dish was harder to spear, cut, spear, or scoop than the last, and it didn't take long for the impatient eaters to give up with their forks and knives and start using their hands. It's a good thing Miss Johnson isn't here, said Max Ernest. She would think that we were not using good table manners. He was referring to their school principal, who was a stickler for manners. The principal with principles, she called herself. I'd like to see her try and eat it, said Yo-Yo-Gi. Well, I hope that I don't abandon manners altogether, said Cass's mom. Your principal may not be looking, but somebody's mother is. She sighed contentedly in the darkness. You know, I think, I think that this may be the best meal I've ever had. Hugo's a genius. I could eat his food every day. Why don't you marry him then? asked Cass, unable to bear another positive word about Senior Hugo. That's ridiculous. I hardly know him, her mother sounded flustered. But you make it sound like a death sentence. Would it be so awful? Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, one day I may actually get married, whether Hugo or to somebody else, said Cass's mother stiffly. And when I do, Cassandra, I hope that you're, you open your heart a little bit and make and don't make your feelings... Don't hide your feelings behind some cheap sarcasm. The S word. Cass hated it when her mother complained about her sarcasm. Why should I have any feelings about it? She shot back. You're not my real mom anyways. Technically. (gasps) Cass bit her lip. Why had she said that? She knew how much that would upset her mother. There was a a silence for a moment. Cass, because your friends are here, I'm not going to respond to that right now, her mother said. We'll talk about it later, okay? Okay. Cass could feel her ears reddening in the dark. A few minutes later, their waiter stepped up to the table again. Hello, Cassandra. If you don't mind, I'm going to reach over you so I can put this plate in front of you. It's a quadruple fudge layer cake, compliments of the chef. He calls it chocolate death. Max Ernest coughed up water. He was drinking. That's exactly how I thought I would die. 
Uh, thanks, said Cass, I think. My pleasure, murmured the, murmured the waiter. And he disappeared without another word. That is Maya Angelou's favorite word, murmur. Do you know who Maya Angelou is? No. Maya Angelou is a famous author. She wrote books. There's a book called Why the Cage Bird Sings, and you'll probably read it in high school. And she does, like, tons of famous poems. She's really, really cool. And she has, like, a bunch of quotes. Anyways, that was her favorite word for anybody quote, listening. Quote, quote. Huh? Yeah, that's her favorite word, though. Murmur. If anybody didn't know that, there you go. She thought it was the most beautiful word. Okay. Um, Max Ernest coughed as if the water he was drinking... Oh, murmured. Okay. Uh, disappeared. So, what do you think that they'll do? What do you think they do when it's someone's birthday? Asked Yo-Yoji. No candles, right? They probably just sing, said Max Ernest. Um, quite sensibly. Max is always sensible, huh? Seriously, aren't you guys curious to see what would happen if you lit a candle in here? Um, Yo-Yoji persisted. Cass giggled and then, and then felt her backpack. Actually, I have one. And matches. Oh, cool. Let's light it, yo, whispered Yo-Yoji, excited. Max Ernest tensed. We can't. That's not right. Ah, come on. You don't even have to. You don't even want to see for a second. The waiters will never know. They're blind. Cass turned to her right. She was certain her mother would say no. At the same time, her mother loved birthday candles. On Cass's birthday, she made Cass blow her candles out three times so Cass would get three wishes. Mel, what do you think? There was no response. She was getting the silent treatment. Cass wondered. Sorry about what I said, she said softly. I understand if you're mad, but can you at least say something? Silence. Mel, are you there? She asked more loudly. It's not funny. She felt the chair next to her. It was empty. How strange. Her mother had been so upset that she left the room. Hey, you guys, where's my mom? Did she go to the bathroom? Wouldn't she have to ask the waiter? I mean, unless she tried to go by herself. But she would have bumped into something. Or, before he could finish his thought, Cass lit a match, her hand trembling. Suddenly, an illuminated Max and Yo-Yoji and looked back at her blinking in astonishment. Whoa! What a mess we made, said Yo-Yoji. He pointed at Cass. There's sauce all over your shirt. And then he pointed to Max Ernest. And your face is like totally covered. Where's my mom? Cass repeated. Her friends looked around. Not only was Cass's mother's chair empty, so was the rest of the room. The whole room was full a minute ago. Remember? Oh my goodness, that's creepy. How scary. All right, let's do the next chapter.